Hello and welcome back to the Unreported World podcast with me, Krishnan Gurumurthy. After heavy fighting in the Central African Republic, rebels have overthrown the government and medical teams can reach areas that have been inaccessible for years. Reporter Shea Rhodes follows a local midwife into the jungles and discovers that the murderous Lord's Resistance Army has used the recent chaos to relocate from neighbouring countries and are killing people and kidnapping children. This is Olga Yatikwa. She delivers babies in one of the riskiest countries in the world to give birth. And she's about to enter an area cut off by war from medical help for almost five years. The people there have no health clinic. They have nothing. Even access to drinking water is difficult. It's very upsetting. They have lots of problems. We're on a makeshift ferry crossing a river which I'm told is filled with crocodiles. I'm starting to get an idea of just how hard it is to reach the people who need help. Until four months ago, heavy fighting meant that Olga couldn't venture here. For almost a decade, the Central African Republic was gripped by civil war. Throughout that time, expectant mothers have been left to deliver their babies alone. The only babies that survive birth here are the ones without complications. But births without complications are rare. News has reached Olga from a remote village. A pregnant woman's life hangs in the balance. Olga's racing to reach the mother and her unborn children. She thinks their chances of survival are slim. So far, we know there's a woman in labour. She's trying to deliver twins, but they're in a very difficult position. The first is coming out feet first, and the second head first, both at the same time. Veronique Fabian is 34 years old. She's been in labour for over 10 hours. With every contraction, she risks rupturing her womb. She won't be able to survive a natural delivery. I was giving the woman a, a drug that will help to space out her contractions. Hopefully it will give them a bit more time. The only way to deliver these babies alive and save Veronique will be via an emergency caesarean section. That can't be done here, and the nearest hospital is back in the town of Bria, 25 kilometres along the dirt tracks. It's a really uncomfortable journey, even just sitting in the back of a car, and I can't imagine what it's going to be like for her here. But this is the best they can do for her. They can't perform a caesarean here. Olga's anxious. If anything goes wrong, Veronique could bleed to death. It's not good, but this is how it is. These are the conditions we work in. Very difficult conditions. 
The majority of Central African women give birth without any medical supervision. The country has one of the worst maternal mortality rates in the world. One in 27 women die during childbirth. A caesarean would be a routine operation in a developed country with reliable water and electricity. The government hospital in Bria doesn't have those things. But it's the only place in which a doctor can perform an operation as delicate as this. This doctor is from the International Medical Corps, the same organisation that Olga works with. He's one of only 70 doctors in a country of over 4 million people. Now it's up to the hospital to take it from here. Olga has witnessed enough complicated births in Central Africa to know the mother and her unborn children are in great danger. If she'd been closer to the hospital, we could say we've saved three lives. But with the time it's taken to get here, there could be consequences for the babies. While we wait for Veronique, we hear shouting from the front of the building. What's going on? Soldiers are dumping a bleeding man outside the hospital. The military have just turned up as if they don't have enough problems just trying to help people with normal problems like giving birth. They've also got people turning up potentially injured from some kind of fighting. They're part of the Selica Rebel Alliance. They took control of the country in a violent coup six months ago. They're now the National Army. They dictate when and where Olga can do her work. They are former Seleka soldiers. They attacked a family of another soldier. Inside, Olga shows us what the soldiers didn't want us to see. A Seleka soldier attacked him and demanded his money. They took my cash. What am I supposed to do now? Look what they've done to me. They've destroyed me. It's amazing watching Olga. And as she puts it, if you're going to work in an environment like this, you need to be ready for anything. Next door, Veronique's operation to deliver the twins is over. This is the baby. But only one baby has emerged from the operating theatre. Only one? Yes, only one. Not two? No, not two. What happened to the other baby? The baby was in an awkward position, so we thought there were two babies. That's good. <laughs> Without ultrasound, there's no way of knowing, so everyone assumed there were two babies. But there's only one, and he's, he's fine. <laughs> How heavy is he? Three and a half kilos. That's an amazing experience. On the one hand, that has to be one of the luckiest boys in this country. He had exactly the right help, and his mother did at exactly the moment they needed it. But then at the same time, just as he was being born, a man was being brought into hospital with his head bleeding, having been attacked by some former rebel soldiers who are now the government. This little boy's life, while he's alive to enjoy it, is going to be precarious. 
at best. Olga, who's 36, spends three months at a time working out here in Bria and then gets a week off to see her family. Happy birthday. How are you? Works tough, but it's okay. Sorry you've had to spend your birthday without me. Olga's husband and their four children are waiting for her at home 300 miles away in the capital, Bangui. I didn't choose to be away from you. My work took me away. And the kids? Listen, you and the children just need to give me a break. I'll be there. I'll be back soon. Wait. I told you to sort that out with the kids. I'm not always the solution. You're their parent too. You can manage just like your dad did. Work is stressful and you are giving me a hard time. I'm sorry, I'm exhausted. Olga's one of only a few trained midwives in a country the size of France. Working to reach a population with almost no access to health care. The next day, Olga decides to return to Veronique's village of Bungu. There are still pregnant women who need her attention. Hello, everybody. The building behind me is an abandoned government clinic. It was abandoned because of all the fighting in this area. And as you can see, 20 or 30 pregnant women have turned up here. In most cases, this is the first time any of these women have seen a midwife. First in line is 16-year-old Francois Yassimati. She's eight months pregnant and walked for 65 kilometers just to see Olga. If you gave me an ultrasound, I wouldn't know what to do with it. I've only been trained to use the Pinard stethoscope. We're well adapted to working in these conditions. In the neighboring village of Balibi, conditions are even worse. This is the kind of water they drink. She told me people had a real difficulty getting hold of clean water, but didn't realize it was that bad. Naomi Buddha is four months pregnant and is complaining of a stomachache. There's an excessive collection of fluid in her abdomen. She needs specialist attention. We will refer her to the hospital in Bria. Then we learn something surprising. 
Naomi tells Olga she's not from this village. A month ago, she fled her home deeper in the jungle when it was attacked by a mysterious group of armed men who abducted her husband and many others. I think about him all the time. When I go to bed, I see him in my dreams. I imagine us together again, but then I wake up and cry. He was taken by the Tongo Tongo. She called the armed men the Tongo Tongo. In the West, they're known as the Lord's Resistance Army, the LRA. The LRA are a cult led by Ugandan warlord Joseph Kony, one of the world's most wanted men. He's accused of abducting and brainwashing tens of thousands of children. The Lord's Resistance Army have been chased out of neighbouring countries. Now, Kony and an estimated 2,000 fighters have found a new home in this remote and insecure region and a new set of victims to prey on. Back in Bria, Olga tells me that recently almost all of the women she encounters in the bush are victims of the Lord's Resistance Army. They don't use the name LRA. They only know them as the Tongo Tongo. When you ask about the Tongo Tongo, they say they come from another land. They live in the bush and kidnap people, but they know nothing about them. The people don't understand what the Tongo Tongo want or what their motives are. I would say that people are in a state of shock. The Tongo Tongo have snatched their husbands and wives and they are trying to come to terms with this crisis. After a decade of internal conflict, just as the country is starting to stabilise, a new terror has arrived. At their base, Olga and the medics plot new routes into uncharted territory. We need to find a way to cross the river. The team hear rumours that more survivors from recent LRA attacks are turning up in the jungle beyond the Koto River. We must find the sick people most in need and provide first aid and for the pregnant women we will provide medical packs because we don't know what condition they will be in. There's a risk that we won't be able to help everybody. But in this terrain, getting to the new victims of the LRA won't be easy. The team are heading down to the river because there are a group of displaced people on the other side. They've got a load of drugs and equipment together and they're going to see how we can get to them. On the banks of the Koto River, we meet Felix Munguna, who'd been captured along with others when the LRA pillaged their homes during the night. They surrounded my village and I ran away. Five of them caught me and threw me to the ground. They tied my hands behind my back and used the rope to tie up the woman next to me. He told us the fighters stole everything and piled it on the heads of their prisoners. They marched Felix towards their base, but on the fourth day, he managed to escape. 
How did you end up here? They held me prisoner in the jungle, 110 kilometers from here. To reach the other survivors, Olga will need to venture back the way Felix had run, taking us deeper into the jungle. walking towards where a group of displaced people are camped out. They've all run from the LRA who attacked their village. And of course, the closer we get to them, the closer we get to the LRA. Then, in the village of Yangomango, there they were. 400 desperate survivors. Let's get started. They need medicines immediately. In the scramble for survival, dozens had fallen sick through lack of food, shelter and protection from tropical diseases. This child is showing signs of malnutrition. This is the rapid diagnostic test for malaria. So far, we've tested 10 children. Nine of them have come back positive. And here are all the kids crying. I totally feel for them. 90% of them have malaria, so they probably feel awful. They've got temperatures. They haven't eaten properly for days. They can see that their parents are in a completely out of their comfort zone. They can't provide food or security like they normally do. 17-year-old Chancella Lobo was nine months pregnant when the LRA ambushed her village. They appeared from the jungle and started attacking us. They kidnapped our people. As I ran, I started to feel contractions, but I kept going until I arrived here and finally gave birth. Like Chancella, thousands of other pregnant women across the region continue to live at the mercy of the Lord's Resistance Army forced to give birth on the run. But today at least, Olga is able to treat all of Yango Mango's mothers-to-be. It's a miserable situation, but this is the consequence of all the fighting. Here in Central Africa, it's the women and children who pay the price. Back in Bria, Olga's been called to the clinic. Push, push, push. In a small dark room, 23-year-old Florentine Yasimbeti is about to give birth. She's here alone. Her husband, Franklin, is one of the hundreds taken by the Lord's Resistance Army. Look at me. Scissors. 
bangunnya apa? Florentines had a little boy. But there's another faint heartbeat. It's very quiet. Something's still moving. This little boy has just been born, and as you can hear, he's healthy and uh, he's being taken care of. But what nobody knew is that his mother's actually been carrying twins the whole time. Olga's concerned. This baby's coming out feet first. I was about to see Olga do something almost miraculous. A second boy, but he's silent. Oh, this is really hard to watch. It's been nearly three minutes now. I've barely made a sound. Five minutes ever. This little baby has really taken its time. Oh, that's such a satisfying sound. He'd taken his first breath before there was a chance of lasting damage. It's another healthy boy. That's the way it is. You can imagine how dangerous that would have been out in the bush. When I was 16 years old, my aunt went to hospital to give birth. When the baby was born, it was silent. It didn't cry at all, it was still. It was the midwife working hard to save the baby. She was massaging it and blowing into the baby's nose, blowing air into the baby's mouth. I thought, no way, someone who can give life to another human being. She was like a little god. And that's why I became a midwife. Six days since delivering the twins, Olga's on her way to visit their mother, Florentine, whose husband, Franklin, is still missing. Despite numerous promises, the new Central African government is trying, but has so far failed, to negotiate a mass surrender by Joseph Kony's Lord's Resistance Army. They hope it will bring about the release of the disappeared hundreds, including Franklin. Do you think they're waiting for their dad? Until that happens, the twins will grow up without their father. Thanks to Shea Rhodes in the Central African Republic. 
The Unreported World podcast accompanies the critically acclaimed Channel 4 television series. Visit channel4.com slash unreportedworld to discover new Unreported World shorts that explore the facts beneath the stories in the series and our extensive programme archive that can be viewed from anywhere in the world. Until next week, from me, Krishnan Gurumurthy, goodbye. <laughs>